0: Hi everyone, welcome to Kickoff Labs on Growth. I'm Josh Ledgard and I'm one of the founders at Kickoff Labs, a tool that lets you quickly and easily set up giveaways, sweepstakes, and product launches where fans earn points and rewards for referring friends and promoting your brand. Today we're going to talk through the process of validating your startup for $20 a day. This interview was done a while back as one of our live marketing chats, but was so chock full of timeless advice, I couldn't help but share it on this podcast. During their Kickoff Labs campaign, they captured thousands of email addresses at a 56% conversion rate with an 88% viral boost, meaning 88% of their leads came from Kickoff Labs sharing tools. If you enjoy this episode, give us a shout out on Apple Podcasts or the listening service of your choice. You can also check out kickofflabs.com to set up your own contest campaign. Enjoy the show. Our guest today um, <laughs> comes from a company uh, called uh, Choco Rush. He's the co- he's a co-founder uh, at Choco Rush, and just to set set the expectations up front, as a success quote, and, uh, the uh, quote we grabbed was: uh, "We used Kickoff Labs to create a one-page contest and collected more than two thousand five hundred leads. That's how we validated our business idea." Um, and I love starting off with sort of a picture of like what the end sort of result looks like and what success looks like because we're going to get into how exactly made that possible and we're going to get into that with Chris Lacey. So uh, welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Uh, Chris, as I said, is the co founder at Choco Rush. Could you give us um, a really brief overview of the, uh, the, the business here?
1: Yeah, of course. So we actually uh, started with. Um, an idea of having a monthly subscription service, and we wanted to test different ideas to see uh, which one would stick. So we wanted to kind of get that um, individual feedback from people, and that's what we use Kickoff Labs for. Uh, The service as it exists today is a monthly subscription service. We sent out a box with four chocolates, uh, premium bean-to-bar chocolate. So these are chocolate bars you'd go to the store and pay $7 $7 for, $8 for, or more.
0: So you're not, uh, you're not talking about a Hershey Kiss here. You're not talking about a standard Hershey bar subscription it, service.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a very premium product. And um, we're actually, we're expanding next month. So next month we're launching, or this month, I guess, now that it's September 1st, uh, we're launching a full online store as well. So we're, we're super excited to be expanding the business. And um, yeah, Kickoff Labs got us started. So I'm excited to chat about that today.
0: Cool. And uh, just a little bit more about about the business. Is craft dark chocolate? Do you guys manufacture the chocolates, or do you uh, do you uh, find uh, various kind of high quality uh, chocolate manufacturers around, and you kind of put those together as part of the subscription uh, for your for your customers?
1: Sure. So we actually go and buy chocolate direct from chocolate makers, and put those four bars together, package that together, and then ship those out every month.
0: Awesome. Um, and because it, it provides interesting context, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you, you started out just talking about uh, the, the chocolate. Do you guys just want to pick a subscription in business and you just randomly pick chocolate? Do some of you in the, the company have a background in the uh, food industry or you know chocolate industry, as it were? Yeah, I'm curious actually, about your background.
1: Yeah, awesome question. So uh, my background is actually internet marketing. Um, okay. That's what I do full-time, quote-unquote. Uh, we do everything from Google AdWords to Facebook ads, all of those fun things. And um, my co-founder was incredibly obsessed with dark bean-to-bar chocolate. That's how we got started. Uh, it was my co-founder's obs- uh, obsession with dark chocolate, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, so then we had this idea. We did our research. We knew that, or we felt that it was going to be a marketable idea. Um, the competition was very low. Can you talk so about how
0: you did the, the research? Like We get this question a lot about how you know if, before you did the validation with customers, you did some of your own research. And Can you talk about how you did that research?
1: Sure. Um, so there are actually quite a few tools out there that help you figure out um, how many people are searching for something, how much would it cost to advertise uh, for a particular product or service. Uh, Google Trends. Um, So it's a Google product that gives you a kind of monthly snapshot of search volume in any given area for what your idea is, is definitely the place to start. Mm -hmm. So in our case, there were thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands, of searches that were going on centered around dark chocolate. There were also a good volume of searches centered around uh, chocolate subscription services. Mm -hmm. Um, chocolate gifts, things like that. So it's like, okay, there's obviously a market out there. Now we have to figure out the way to to capture that potential audience. Um, So that moved into the social media piece and the part that we launched uh, with Kickoff Labs. Mm -hmm. So our idea was to launch a contest for a free 12-month subscription of chocolate and capture as many email addresses as we possibly could, so that we hit the ground running when our site launched with a, you know, a sizable list that we could then go market towards. Uh, we did a contest page. We took uh, the advice and asked a question: Do you like good chocolate? Of course, everyone's going to say yes to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they say yes, then they type in their email address. They get entered to win a free year of chocolate. Uh, so, we went through this particular startup phase, so to speak, um, for, boy, I think it was about a month. Uh, where it, looks we like it looks like you ran it for about a month and a half or so. Yeah, a month and a half before we launched the actual website where people could sign up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, at this point, all we were doing was trying to prove whether or not there were enough people out there that were interested in this product that we're offering. Um, which is really more of a service that we're offering, because, like you said, we're we're buying this chocolate, packaging it, and then shipping it out to people. Um, and we did that for a month and a half. We saw about 25, I'll call them 2,500 good uh, signups for the contest. There were quite a few duplicates, and there are always those uh, contest casers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's pretty easy to tell. Oh, there were a hundred people that are all the same that entered within one minute, yeah. Um, and I don't know how they do that, but. Um, so we ran the contest. We collected leads, and, and we definitely turned that lead list into a profitable um, channel for us. Later, we still continue to email and have conversations with a lot of these people uh, um, that originally came from that contest.
0: So. For this campaign, now let's drill into the campaign specifically. So, to, to recap, you're running this contest and you're giving away as the prize to the contest, um, basically, I think it was a year subscription of the the box chocolate. So you're saying, you know, three hundred and fifty dollars of pure bean to bar chocolate delivered to your door. So you, I think you're giving them, you know, a year or six months worth of chocolate, right? Um, exactly for the winner, um, and then. You have some specific advice that we uh, that were able to, to, to pull up from your, your site before. And so the first one that, uh, that seems very true uh, and, and uniform among people that are successful is the concept of tracking everything. And so what does that mean to you? Because there are so many different things you could be tracking in, in, in a contest like this. <laughs> and, you know, what, what were you looking for when you were tracking everything? What was really important to you?
1: Sure. So for the contest, there were really two primary metrics that we looked at. Um, One was how many email addresses did we collect, which we quickly Mm -hmm. figured out um, that we did get multiple. So you have to be careful about that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The second part was what was the social sharing like? How viral did it go? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that what that's what the platform was great for because it automates that process for us. So yeah. someone fills in their email address and now they can go share. Um, we were looking at things like how much uh, or how many people were, you know, talking about us on Instagram or yeah. Twitter or Facebook, and <clears throat> it almost forms, it, it's kind of the basis of formation of a community about the product that you're, thinking about launching. So what do you
0: guys do to seed traffic to the contest?
1: Sure. So Google Analytics, we live and die by Google Analytics. Um, if you have a startup business, if you have any type of business ever, uh, and you have any concern about website traffic, which you should, then Google Analytics is the one and only uh, best free tool uh, to figure out what the you know, what type of traffic you're getting, what they're doing when they land on your website, setting up goals. You can track any touch point that it seems relevant um, through that buying process or...
0: Okay, so what kind of, if you can separate I mean Google Analytics for tracking, but can you tell me um, what tools you use for uh, paid media versus owned media versus earned media, and what, what the distinction between the three and, and the tools you use? You can start with paid media uh, during the campaign.
1: Sure. Um, So for paid during the Kickoff Labs campaign, the only paid channel that we used was Facebook. Um, Facebook is incredibly inexpensive uh, compared to other channels, um, Google AdWords, Bing or Yahoo advertising. Um, And it's also a great way to target specific interests. So I can tell Facebook, okay, I want to advertise my whatever it is, I want to advertise my contest to everyone who loves chocolate.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I want to target a specific demographic. So that was actually the only paid channel that we used during the promotion period because spending money in other channels where it's more expensive, uh, we didn't have a gauge of whether or not over the long term that would pay. So we spent $16 per day uh, on average for the Facebook campaign. Um, from that, spend, which was tracked through analytics uh, goal tracking, Google Analytics goal tracking, as mm-hmm. well as your spend comes out of Facebook directly. Uh, they tell you all that fun stuff. Uh, I'm just trying to get to right slide here. So we had 333,000 ad impressions. So 333,000 times our ad was shown to people. That doesn't necessarily mean... 333,000 people, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the ad was shown 333,000 times. We received 224 contest entries direct from Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and our cost per lead was a dollar twenty. So everyone that signed up, we paid a dollar twenty uh, for them to sign up for the contest. Uh, the actual, so I'm just going back through right So it was actually 17, uh, 17 days that we ran the contest for on Facebook through a paid. Mm-hmm. We ran the campaign more and promoted it on social, obviously, um, separately, but the ads only ran for 17 days, $16 a day, um, with that ultimate cost per lead of $1.20, and anytime you're working with a paid channel, it doesn't matter, new business, old business, been around for 40 years, Mm -hmm. Uh, what really matters at the end of the day is what that either what that lead number is, the cost per lead, which is what we were looking at, or how much money you're making in revenue compared to how much money you're spending. So mm-hmm. return on ad spend, return on investment, whichever metric you want to use.
0: Outside of just ad spending, what did you guys do on social to drive traffic? So it was it was
1: truly influencer marketing without paying for influencer marketing. Um, We gained Twitter followers, for example. Um, We would follow and comment on other influencers in the space, be them actual chocolate makers themselves, popular bloggers. Uh, It takes time, but it doesn't take money, unless you're valuing your time at something crazy. But in a startup, (laughs) you're as clean
0: as you possibly can. Um, that, that's that's the sweat equity, right? <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out and talk to as many people as I can in as short amount of time as I can.
1: Yeah, we took a, we took a road trip. All my co-founder did most of it, but I joined her for parts when I could. Um, but her road trip went from oh geez, I think she flew into Michigan somewhere, went up through Canada, came down the East Coast, and um, you know kind of forging those relationships or fostering those relationships from the very beginning directly with chocolate makers. Now, they're tweeting about us. They're sharing our posts. Um, we do blog posts on our own sites. So we actually have Mm-hmm. Every month, we try to highlight and, um, I mean, really pay respect to all of these chocolate makers out there, yeah. whether they're brand new or have been around for a while, they're putting their blood, sweat, and tears in into their products, and we're picking them for a reason. We sample them all. Mm -hmm. Um, Every month we select the box, and making those personal connections with chocolate makers or those personal connections with um, bloggers in the space Mm -hmm. or, you know, just chocolate
0: foodie awesome people uh, really helped us grow a lot. Yeah, I got to say this is, uh, that's, this is really something I want to reiterate to people listening is, uh, you know, we tell people, we preach, you know, influencer marketing and reaching out to influencers all the time. But it's actually rare to see people take that step, which I think is really important to build the relationship where you weren't just sending these chocolate makers emails saying, hey, check out our product. Um, you were building a relationship with each of them and then actually going and saying, hey, I'm going to be in town. I mean, maybe not you personally, but your company and your co-founder were going, say, "Hey, I'm going to be in town. I'm doing this road trip. Love to tour your facility and you know, talk to you, you know, learn more about what you guys do, sample your chocolate, and talk to you about Choco." What did you guys do to uh, optimize your campaign along the way, both in terms of the ads you're running and the landing page? Uh, like, how did you come up with the copy, the the design, etc.?
1: Sure, so we actually have a lot of experience with landing page optimization. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, we do internet marketing as a you know, full-time job, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, and this is a nice little side project for us. But uh, we did tweak some of the language on the landing page not too much um, from a Kickoff Labs perspective. From the paid search side on Facebook, we actually left that pretty consistent. Um, throughout that 17-day trial, because what you mm-hmm. don't want to do, you don't want to make so many changes in a short period of time that you don't have the ability to have enough data to make a, a decision that's st- uh, statistically significant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for the 17-day for the trial period on Facebook, not a whole heck of a lot. Um, <clears throat> we definitely tied in directly with um, the the correct market, and and Facebook's changed quite a bit, actually, since we launched our campaign. So we were able to do some really fun targeting people who like fill in the blank, for example, Uh, whereas not necessarily all those options exist today. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can still, you know, if someone loves chocolate, I can still
0: advertise to them anytime I want. Awesome. how did you, for people that were signing up in the campaign during this contest phase, how did you interact with them? Did they get an automatic reply email? Did you guys, you send out mails once a week to them? Like, how were you interacting with the with the people who signed up and were saying they were interested?
1: Sure. So we use the MailChimp integration. Um, yeah. Super huge fans of MailChimp. Uh, if you're using any other email platform, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, at least personally, that's my advice. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, and then you can create drip campaigns through MailChimp, so someone signs up, two days later they get an email, five days later they get an email. We actually took a proactive approach to emails, so we were really manually sending them out constantly, trying to figure out what worked, how many people were dropping off of our email list. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also kept track of how many-
0: Describe constantly, because people always have this question, how often should I email my list and, and what's effective?
1: It definitely depends a bit on what it, what product or service that you're trying to offer. Uh, definitely once a week, uh, for sure, as a baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know it's a, it's a product or service that people can easily understand, I, I would say once a week is is really good. Especially when you're working with a list like we were from. Uh, trying to watch chat at the same time too, sorry. Um, So especially when you were working with a list like we were, which were a bunch of people signing up for a contest. So the last thing we wanted to do was pay MailChimp a lot more money for all of these people who literally just signed up for a free year's worth of chocolate. Uh, So we would rather bombard the people with emails and then let them drop off if they're not interested. So we would track things like open rates, how many people opened an email. Okay, well, if no one's opening our emails after 10 emails, then they're probably not a valuable member of our listing.
0: Yep. No, it makes, uh, it makes total sense. And then, um, what was, uh, during the contest, what was the content, of, like what sort of content were you sending people during the contest? I get that question too, like how often, Like, what sort of content should I be sending people, and uh, not just how often, like you kind of answered that, but then, you know, what should I tell them about this product they can't buy yet?
1: Yeah, so we kept people engaged. It was a, I'd say half of it was share, share, share. So education about bean-to-bar chocolate. Um, obviously updates about when we were launching mm-hmm. so that everyone felt a part of it. We did solicit feedback. Um, mm-hmm. I know there was at least one, one email that was like, hey, let us know what you like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to, to try to get them more engaged, you know, build that community uh, for Choco Rush, and and really kind of it was really the beginning of the brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so it sounds like to to re, like what I heard in your answer is that you were both, uh, you were you were reminding during the contest, you were reminding people that hey, there is a contest, keep sharing because you want to win the contest. You were engaging people. You were asking them questions. You know What kind of things do you like? You were making them feel like they were part of this event. Um, and then you were letting them know specifically more about the product and the launch. So it was sort of a combination of those three things. And maybe you alternated, maybe you put both two of the three in one email. Um, and, and you were you were kind of rotating around those three sort of general concepts to get across to people the whole time. Exactly. Okay. Um, we have a question from True Online, and I see your co-founder answered it. Um, what is too long for a time uh, for, for pre-launch on Kickoff Labs in too short amount of time? I'm launching an exclusive list of bridal sample sales in major U.S. cities. In, is six weeks too long or too short for something with no physical product? So I'm curious to hear your answer, and then I will, uh, I will offer my perspective as well. Yeah,
1: sure. So I think six weeks is perfect. Um, I, of course, agree with my co-founder because she's amazing. Uh, I have to say that because she's Good on Good choice.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, um, of the, if you don't mind talking about it, so we get this question often too, and it really varies per business and what people are charging and what people are selling. But of the 2,500 leads, did you track kind of what percentage of them ended up converting ultimately and buying some sort of subscription to your service?
1: Mm-hmm. So, we had about a 7% conversion rate. Uh, kind of, in general, a 7% conversion rate from signups once those emails were stripped that were duplicates. Because, yeah. again, with the contest, you get contest hunters. Um, but we saw about 7% within 30 days. Yeah. And I don't have a good number for you long term. I'm sure it's more than that. I mean, we, we yeah. constantly still reach out to these people. Um, yeah. But it was for sure hundred percent no doubt we gave away 350 bucks worth of chocolate um, and we've we made that the first month
0: so would you say that um, I suppose you'd say that that uh, the, the, the contests and kickoff laps uh, worked well for your campaign oh
1: absolutely um, you know I'm a big I'm a strong believer in not reinventing the wheel uh, there's no reason to pay a developer all kinds of money to go out and custom do everything and anything that you want. Uh, Kickoff Labs was a perfect platform for us. Uh, The simplicity of the platform, the features of the platform were exactly what we needed. And uh, I would, I mean not that I'm here to pitch your product, I'm just Mm -hmm. here to chat with people. But um, I I think it was perfect. I, I would recommend it to anyone, especially if you're in a situation like ours where you're you're feeling confident, but you don't really know. Um, you know, should I take the plunge? Should I spend a lot of money? Should I bring product in? Anything like that? Um, it was it was the perfect solution for us. It was very hands off. Uh, the time required was minimal, and uh, strongly recommend it. Cool. Thank,
0: thanks. Thanks to hearing. So, um, I threw up on the on the screen share that I have your current uh, your current page that you're here. Um, yeah. So uh, if you want to do uh, your best pitch for what you guys are giving away now and and what people can get, um, I'd love to hear it.
1: Of course. I could talk about this all day. How long do we have? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Choco Rush truly is a bean-to-bar subscription service that we ship dark chocolate each and every month to your door. Uh, The value of the chocolate that we ship is more than the cost of your membership. So you're not only getting free shipping, you're also getting a curated selection of chocolate um, that myself and my co-founder, my co-founder mostly because she is a super taster, if you know what that means, um, that she tastes. Mm -hmm. So you're getting varieties from all over the world, you're getting four different makers, so it's some subscription services, there aren't many, Um, one of them does Four different bars from the same maker every month, for example.
0: Outstanding. Um, so, what uh, what final piece of advice might you have for somebody uh, for somebody who's thinking about starting, you know, a, maybe not a chocolate business, um, but uh, somebody who's thinking about a starting a, a similar a similar kind of online online business or subscription service? What kind of things, if you had it to do over, would you change, or you know, what what would you tell somebody who is going to go down this path today?
1: Sure. So the, the number one piece of advice is before you start doing anything, make sure that you can track everything that you decide to do. Mm-hmm. If you aren't tracking it and you don't have numbers, it's very difficult to gauge success, if not impossible. Uh, so that's, that's truly the first piece of advice I would give. The second piece of advice is like you had mentioned before, and we talked about make sure you're engaging people that are involved in communities, whether it's, you know, bloggers or whatever those social channels are, Go out and engage those people and start to build your reputation right from day one. Mm -hmm. Um, Thirdly, don't hesitate to, if you do a a contest like ours, don't hesitate to blast these people with emails all the time. Uh, We honestly probably spent twice as much as we should have for MailChimp because we didn't blast them enough. Uh, You pay based on how many subscribers are on your list. And, and it,
0: it took us probably too long to cut those down. And, uh, and that's something that people are often shy about, too, is that is that concept of reaching out to people. And I know your, your co-founder posted, uh, you know, if, if you've ever subscribed to Gap.com, they email once a day um, mm-hmm. You know, as an example. And so kind of following the lead. I mean, it's a retail business. They're obviously tracking all of their results. They would not email once per day if that was a bad investment of their time. Like, they would sure. absolutely not do it if it drove people away. and. And created and, and was a negative ROI for them and so people are shy I think well I don't want to bug people but the reality is if somebody wants to get off your email list um, they probably were not the best customer for you anyway and if you're sending engaging content and making good offers and and and, and deals to people they're gonna stay on the list and you know they might ignore you know five of six emails but that sixth one's ones gonna get them to buy and I think people often neglect that fact because they think, oh, I don't want to be you know, too pushy because I hate getting some of these emails myself um, from, from services I weren't really interested in, but then that's the thing. You weren't really interested in that service, but your real fans are, and they're the ones that will build a network for you. Oh, exactly. And I mean, the, the thing about it is it doesn't matter
1: how many people are on your email list. All that matters are the people on your email list that will actually end up buying your product. Absolutely. <laughs> I brought it up a ton of times, but, you know, people also, from a website perspective, I want it to look pretty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and pretty doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I mean, yes, everyone wants their websites to be presentable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but a website that converts, which is why Kickoff Labs exists, is mm-hmm. so much more important than, oh, I want this five pixels that way. Mm-hmm. or you know, I want to be able to put a background image here, something, you know, something. Absolutely. To, Go ahead. I
0: bring,
1: <laughs> hold on one sec. I always bring people back to Amazon.com. It is one of the ugliest websites, right? No one goes to Amazon.com <laughs> Amazon and goes, oh, this is a beautiful looking website, because it's not,
0: yep. but it works. No, ab- absolutely, and that, that's always been our goal, is to make, shit, make it super quick to put up high converting landing pages, mm-hmm. and we get questions all the time, like, oh, but I want, a, I want a video moving background and, and ask why. And they say, well, I saw this other company do it. Said, do you think it converts? Because I can actually tell you when you test it against a page without a video background, the one without is going to convert better. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know, we, <laughs> we offer a big question all the time, too. Yeah, like I, I can tell, tell you the answer. Now, you don't, you don't even need to test it. We offer both, and I've seen the test run enough times that 90% of the time, less distractions on the page are, are going to convert better. Um, and the video moving in the background is, a, is often a huge, sorry, as my pet peeve is whenever somebody emails and says, I want the background to be moving and I want this other animation on the page. And I say, why? Do you want conversions or do you want the page to be glitz, glitzy? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's great to hear uh, somebody else that uh, shares that, uh, that mentality. It's, and, and I hadn't thought about the Amazon example. It's a, that's a great example. The homepage on Amazon is uh, incredibly ugly, but I'm sure... I mean, I know people that work there personally, and I know that they are just absolutely, like you said, they measure absolutely every little bit of that, and none of it is by accident when you go to Amazon. Oh, yeah, they run hundreds
1: of tests, if not thousands of tests, each and every minute of every day.
0: They have entire teams of people whose job it is to come up with different tests for the product pages, for the home page, for category pages. And there's just teams of people coming up with a new tests to run. And so when you go to that page, you can leverage, you know, a lot of the things you learn from looking at bigger retailers um, and because you, you can have faith that they're probably testing this. <laughs> like they because they are. Exactly. Great. Thanks for uh, that's great to know. Thanks for your uh, thanks for your time today, and uh, this was a lot of fun. And I uh, look forward to uh, hearing any feedback that people have about the uh, the chat and how we can improve going forward. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Josh.